Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of Med Street Journal. My name is Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Ms. Catherine Hendy. She's the co-founder of Alonzo Wellness, which is a fertility-based app and a female-led company. And so I'm excited to have her on today and kind of learn about her story and what she's doing in the industry. So with that being said, Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rodney. Great to meet you. Yep, no problem. So let's just jump in. So why don't you give people a little background about who you are, and then we'll kind of jump into what you're doing at Alonza. Yeah, sure. So I'm the co-founder of Alonza Wellness, and as you said, we work in the fertility sector. So we're building a virtual nurse for fertility clinics. So in that, I mean that it's a digital health application that helps doctors to deliver more personalized, more empathetic and around the clock care in the home for their patients before, during and after treatment. And so I kind of founded the company off the back of my own experiences as a patient. And it's the same story with Brittany, my co-founder. We actually were friends before we were co-founders and we both were at fertility clinics and had great care from a clinical perspective wonderful doctors but both of us just felt like so much was lacking from the process because fertility treatment sort of unlike many other areas of medicine where it's that sort of gray area between a medical procedure but also something to do with your life your life goals and it can include everything from kind of your relationship to your finances to kind of your, your career goals, really, because thinking about family planning obviously has a lot to do with your wilder life. Um, and so we sort of set out to fill some of those huge gaps as we perceived them as patients. And that's what's really end, ended up with us sitting where we are today. Nice. So you, you really just, you had your own personal experience. And then from there, you kind of saw a business opportunity. So can you kind of walk us through that process of like, all right, you went through this, you kind of walked through it as a patient, but find like a business opportunity out of that. And how did you go about creating that? Yeah, exactly. So it really, it started like hopefully many great ideas um, in the back of an Uber. So Britt and I were there with friends. We We were all chatting about egg freezing or some friends were chatting about other fertility treatments that they'd had. And And how really we'd felt completely isolated and like we didn't have all the information we wanted when we needed it. And that doesn't just mean the clinical information, as I I pointed out, it's all those other parts of the puzzle that make up kind of reproductive health. Um, And so we got to chatting, we started thinking, okay, at the moment, the clinical process is so clinical because really the main players in fertility treatment are fertility clinics. How about if we can create something that is truly for patients and holds their hands through the procedure? So we pretty much just sat down over coffee and we thought, you know, let's sketch out where these gaps are. What is it that we're feeling and what all these other women that we're speaking to, and I say women because predominantly at the moment, fertility is perceived as a women's health issue, despite the fact that obviously there's two sides to the equation. And so We sat down and we sketched out the problems we were facing, how we were really feeling, what all these other women were telling us. And 
what it would look like to solve those problems. And what we came up with originally is not at all what our product is now. It was actually a, a real world version of what is now our virtual experience. So it was, it was actually um, fertility retreats. And so what we would do is we would, um, we would have a period of time where um, women would book on the retreat and they would come and they would be educated in all those aspects. They would find the kind of community amongst other people who were going through the same process and they would hear from a whole variety of experts holistically. So not purely on the kind of reproductive endocrinological side of things, but also nutritionists and lifestyle coaches and um, acupuncturists and yoga therapists, um, all these all these different elements. And we applied to Y Combinator and through that process we ended up in the in the sort of teamwork element of it, bashing around ideas, helping other people with theirs. Um, we ended up evolving our, our idea into a digital one, which now, given you know, given COVID and given the rapid digitalization of the sector, um, seems to make absolute sense. But at the time, you know, that was kind of a an interesting thing for us to consider because you know, this concept of taking something highly emotive and being able to address it properly in a virtual sense, you know, wasn't as obvious a home run as it might be, as it might be now. And so we, yeah, that was kind of an evolution for us. It was more like, we know we've got this problem and we know we've been right inside the problem and we can break this problem down. For us, coming up with the exact way to fix it was the challenge. So it was more like, how do we use the right, how do we pick the right technology to solve this problem rather than kind of starting with the technology and figuring out a good application for technology? And so that's kind of really helped us evolve Alanza to the point where we feel like we've got a great ability to really keep serving patients digitally in a way that that makes sense rather than kind of just throwing technology at a problem. Yeah. Which, yeah, which I imagine through a lot of, you know, kind of companies that you see um, being an expert in the space, you know, there's a lot of health tech that seems to be tech for tech's sake. And that's something we really try to avoid because we've run a lot of interviews with clinicians. And, you know, the last thing a busy doctor wants is yet more technology to have to apply. And, you know, another change in working practices and something that might not be adopted easily by patients. And so, yeah, it's kind of been a, a process of evolution that's got us to where to where we are now with our AI-driven virtual nursing assistant. Yeah, that's crazy how you talked about you're doing all these events in person and whatnot, and then you guys had that transition over to digital and that whole process. Do you think by you guys going digital, it allowed you guys to like scale and reach more people, get more exposure? Get your word out easier yeah you know what it's it's sort of got two sides to it so i think obviously um it's there's a scaling aspect and that was really what came out of yc which is you know kind of how to build something in a way that's very very scalable and also um fortuitously given um given lockdown that's that's definitely helped on the business front the model front but i think secondly there's this idea that you know, people who are who are undergoing fertility treatment are busy. They're 
at the moment, you know, they already say, it feels like it's taking over my life. And so getting people to set aside yet more time or commit to something in person again, um, started to feel like, you know what, when we really, really think about it, is that really how we'd want to interact um, with a service? And actually being able to do it on your own terms and being able to do it where you have space in your schedule um, is super important. And, and that's what um, that's what a mobile, mobile first service allows. And um, yeah, that was kind of through an iterative process, but also just taking a step back and kind of thinking, are we making sure to build something that we ourselves really, really would have wanted to use? Mm. And so I remember you mentioning earlier that fertility, there's two sides, men and women or whatever, but it's mm. predominantly women that you guys are attracting. And so how are you guys like going about connecting with your target audience? What have you guys found most effective? Um, so, yeah, a few different things in terms of um, actual kind of how patients um, engage with, with our services in the first place. That's actually via fertility clinics predominantly at the moment. We, we, um, we're not marketing ourselves on a B2C basis quite deliberately as we kind of perfect our product. Um, and we also think it's just really important to have that trusted link with your, with your own doctor. We want to be an extension um, of the doctor's care rather than a kind of competing third-party element, um, which I think, um, certainly from my own past patient perspective, can create a little bit of a fragmented um, feeling to care. So, um, yeah, there's primarily three clinics at the moment. Um, but, okay. but we're kind of finding that the women that have engaged with Alanza are then recommending it to other women. And um, we're kind of getting an organic flow back in the other direction. So actually something that we're working on at the moment is how to formalize that and actually start creating this kind of symbiotic flow back to the clinics that we work with, with our partner clinics. Um, and, and kind of close the loop on that relationship. Uh, yeah, it's like a feedback loop. Like they refer you guys, you guys are like an additional value-added service to them because of what you guys bring to the table. And then they have a good experience and then in turn they tell other people and then that kind of keeps the process going. Yeah, exactly. And because we work so closely um, with the clinics, then, you know, we really trust their services, we know their doctors, and we feel very comfortable uh, recommending them to patients. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it's it's extra part of the service because a huge part, um, you know, many frustrations that people face at the moment is, how do I know where to go? This is very often not an area of medicine that's covered by insurance. A lot of it's out-of-pocket pay. People are kind of, you know, on their own, looking around as customers more than anything, more than patients. And they're kind of saying, you know, can you, can you help me out between deciding between different clinics here? The best I can do is look at statistics and success rates, but they're not always reliable and they're not always presented in ways that make them like comparing apples for apples. And so just having a, a kind of trusted source of information on like, who can I turn to? Who's going to give me the best treatment? And more than that, in the in the best possible experience, which is increasingly important for patients as a way of selecting clinics. So how are you like 
what do you think has been the most effective way of like personalizing that relationship with your patients? And like, how are you delivering, delivering that quality care? So for us, it comes in the form of asking certain questions right at the start of engagement. So, mm -hmm. you know, the concept of holistic care is really about treating the whole patient. And with that, you know, we see that as beyond adding in, you know, kind of lifestyle aspects of treatment, which is obviously a huge part, but actually listening to patients on all those other aspects like relationships, finances. So for some patients, the way that we interact with them might be very much around diet and nutrition. And for another patient, it might be very much around more kind of life coaching and more asking a really difficult question like, how important is it for me to have a biological link with my child? And, you know, kind of working through some of those issues to help someone reach a decision where they're completely comfortable and confident in their own decisions and in their own choices. And that's something at the moment that um, can be touched on in fertility clinics. But I think it's, it's quite unfair of us as patients to expect highly trained reproductive endocrinologists or other specialists within a fertility clinic setting to also be to wear all those other hats and be all those things that we need to, them to be along the way um, and at all the crucial touch points. Um, and so it just felt so natural to us to create a company that did all those things in a very evidence-backed and reliable way where clinics would feel comfortable referring their patients to us, knowing that you know everything is um, every everything is secure and everything is science backed in a way that mm -hmm. the patient would expect from their own clinic. Yeah, I like how like the patient journey. If you think about it, whether they go through the fertility clinics and then from over to you guys, because you guys are also like connected to other resources for them as well. Like you, you mentioned the life coach, nutrition, and, and a bunch of other people and professionals that they have at their exposure as, as a resource that they can leverage. So I think that's super powerful. Yeah, I think it's kind of, you know, it's, it's something where a lot of doctors recognize the value in treating the whole patient. Obviously, patients want that from their care, but that's a time-consuming process. You know, it can be quite difficult pulling all the different threads together um, as the doctor and patient together. When, you know, let's not forget when they're trying to actually cope with the core medical problem at hand. Um, and that's really what, what we want them to be able to focus on while the rest of the service is there as a kind of, um, you know, augmentation of that care. All right. Interesting. So we're kind of coming up towards the end of the episode, but I have one more question before we end with the last exercise. What sort of advice would you have for other professionals in the industry as far as like running your business or focusing on patient care or whatever sort of advice you have? Yeah, so something that we found to be hugely, hugely beneficial in creating our digital health product um, has been engaging clinicians really, really early in the research and design process. And I know that sounds like quite an obvious thing, but there's some frightening statistics about how rarely that is done. I think often, you know, we get um, 
we get people building products and then later on at the implementation stage starting to involve clinicians um, and then realizing oh whoops actually we need to dial back and build it this way or oh dear actually in reality that's not going to work in that setting and that's probably what's contributing to the really poor um, adoption rates in in practical settings and so you know before we'd even started our company or before we'd even started thinking of what kind of product we wanted to build when we literally just had the problem we were trying to solve as patients we um we started forming relationships with reproductive endocrinologists so specialists at fertility clinics fertility doctors nurses and um, practice managers as well and qualitatively and quantitatively interviewing them and figuring out you know what is it that they would use and you know, if we were to make something practically, how would it be implemented and adopted? And I think kind of as you're translating um, tools from idea stage or from research stage into clinical settings, I think, you know, the most important voices, the voices of the people who are actually going to be deploying those tools are so often not heard at all or too late. Ah, okay. That's that's a nice little strategy. Just keeping your ear in the community, really just listening, gathering data before you make any decisions, just learning about what people want, what they don't want, kind of stuff like that. Exactly. Interesting. So yeah, now we're at the end of the podcast, but we've been talking a lot about fertility and a lot of healthcare-based conversation. Um, but I like to finish off each episode with something I like to call the rapid fire round, where I'm going to ask you a set of questions and you just give me whatever answer you could think of. Okay, ready for it. <laughs> all right, question number one. What is your favorite book of all time? Ooh, okay, this is tough because as well as law, I studied literature. So this is tough. But if I have to say, I would say Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Uh, okay. Who is the most influential person in your life or career? my father so he's a self-made entrepreneur i suppose in the old-fashioned sense of the word so growing up um with him around always working on new businesses that's without a doubt influenced my current direction with alanza ah nice shout out to dad what is one goal you want to accomplish this year <laughs> okay well i could give you boring ones or i could give you uh, one like mega hit it at the park goal so that would be getting michelle obama to join our patient advisory panel for alanza wellness so i don't know if you if you read her book but she she referred to her fertility struggles in the book which you know obviously that shouldn't be a radical act in this day and age but it felt really brave and it felt bold and i think it really made a big difference to a lot of people who've who've experienced fertility struggles um, or are going through fertility treatment right now, especially people of color. So, yeah, getting Michelle Obama on our board. And if your goal isn't ridiculous enough, then it's probably not big enough. Oh, <laughs> don't they say? Like that. And that goes right into my next question. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Shoot. Ooh, okay, yeah. I think don't wait for permission. If if it needs changing, change it yourself. Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you, man. That that Michelle Obama one, I like that. 
<laughs> matches your brand perfectly. Matches yeah. your brand for. But yeah, that's the end of all the questions. Um, that concludes today's episode. I just want to thank you again, Captain, for jumping on and just sharing um, your knowledge and your influence on the fertility-based community and what you guys are doing over at Alonzo. And so I just want to say thank you for jumping on. Thanks so much, Rodney. It's a pleasure talking to you. And before we go, actually, where could people learn more about you and Alonzo? Yeah, sure. They can go to our website, which is Alanza, E-L-A-N-Z-A, alanzawellness.com. Awesome. That concludes today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one.